Have you ever read in the Bible something, a story, or seen a person that went, wow, they're the worst. Why are we reading about this? Maybe it's because God loves to use imperfect people to make a perfect point. I mean, some of God's greatest heroes in his word screwed up pretty big. And uh, that's no, I don't even want to call Jonah a hero, but that's where we are. We're in Jonah 3 and 4 today. If you've been following along with us in our reading each day, we are in Jonah 3 and 4, Minor Prophets, Major Truth. And what makes Jonah a little different, uh, well, it's a couple things that make him different and make this book differently. One, it's not told from his perspective. This was somebody else that that was, I guess, watching the situation or knew the situation. Um, <laughs> it wasn't from Jonah's perspective, we'll put it that way, because this is not a good look for him. He was supposed to be a prophet of God, and yet, uh, more often than not, he got it wrong. And so, in fact, he kind of might even be a false prophet, Um and this whole book subverts our expectations, uh, which I know some people are going, well, why would we read a book from Jonah if Jonah was the worst? Well, God obviously inspired uh, this writing so that we can learn something from it uh, about him and about ourselves. So he's religious, but he's also proud and hateful and cowardly. If you've read through the first couple chapters, you see that he he runs away. God tells him, you're going to go to Nineveh this capital of the Assyrian enemy of God's people and you need to tell them to get right you need to tell them to repent and to change their ways and he's like nope not gonna do that he goes the wrong way and if you've grown up in church at all then you probably remember how he uh gets gets uh, on a boat and that doesn't go well God starts rocking the boat uh, literally and uh, metaphorically and uh, the people who are not from God these random pagan people uh, really act better than he does. Um, and and, and they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they say, all right, Jonah, what's going on? He's like, yeah, this is this is my fault. Uh, this is my God that's doing this. And so why don't you just throw me over? Which, by the way, I hope yesterday I didn't make him look like a hero. Because he wasn't. Again, he's cowardly. And it, throughout this book, he's like, just kill me. I'm like, that's Jonah, don't be dramatic. Okay, it's unnecessary. But they do end up throwing him over the side, and the storm stops. And those people who did not know God, they repented. They got right with him. So now they're on better standing with God than even Jonah was. Uh, and if you know the rest of the story, you know they kept him alive. Uh, got swallowed by a big fish. got spit back out. And uh, then he ends up going to Nineveh finally. But here's the thing, and this is what jumped out at me. Jonah's obedience he was basically drugged there, kicking and screaming. He was begrudgingly obedient to God. I know this because, or I can tell this because, when you look at what he did, his sermon to them, like all these other prophets had these long, impassionate speeches about how we, they need to get right. Jonah didn't even mention God, didn't even mention what the Ninevites did, didn't even uh, r- really talk about the, the way to fix it. He just says, y'all going to die. Just so you know, basically, that's my paraphrase of of what he said. And he kind of, and it reminds me of how begrudgingly we do things. Like there's times where I tell my kids something to do and I can tell when they don't have the right spirit about it because they're like, okay, fine. 
And I am afraid that far too many Christians have this type of obedience when it comes to God. Yeah, we'll show up, whether it's coming to church or whether it's it's giving uh, to those that need it or tithing or whether it's not having sex before or outside of marriage or any of these other things that maybe we don't like to do. We get a little pouty about it. We, we do it, but barely. We do it, but we're not going to like it. You know, have you ever had somebody, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to like it. That's basically uh, what Jonah was doing. He says five words in the sermon, basically, and yet God knew he was going to do that and still worked through those five words. And Nineveh actually, is, as you can hopefully you'll read today, they actually repent. Uh, they actually get right. And uh, this kind of ticks off Jonah too, and it comes out uh, to the to the reader. I think God already knew this, but... But whenever these people turn around and get right with God, he's mad about it. He said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and a compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. How dare you, big guy? What are you doing? Why would you have compassionate love and patience with people? That's really what Jonah was saying in this circumstance. And it shows you just how deep his pride and his hate towards other people run. And uh, God's going, um, hey, there's 120,000 of my creations, of my people, not to even mention the animals. Uh, shouldn't I feel sorry for them? Like, shouldn't I try to draw them in to me? Uh, but apparently not according to Jonah. And that also reminds me of some of the attitudes that Christians have about our enemies. There are some people that, you know, I really don't think we want them to be saved. You know, I had a, a dear friend who uh, was a little too excited uh, and a little too uh, cold about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you didn't catch that in the news this week, uh, one of the oldest um uh, Supreme Court justices just passed away, and um, he was. He said, "Well, you know, she she was all for abortion and all this stuff, so you know, she deserves to go to hell." I was like, "Wow!" I mean, yeah, there were some things that Ruth RGB uh, did to. Man, I think put herself as an enemy of God. I, I think there were things that she did well, but I can't look at her her decisions and, and some of her positions and not go, no, that's kind of the opposite of the Bible. That's kind of the opposite of what God wants. And so if she never professed to, to, uh, to follow Jesus, then yeah, she is in hell. But I'm not going to celebrate that. Because that's someone that God, you know, the, the God tells Peter, I want everybody to to know me. I want everybody to be saved. I don't want anybody to perish, but for everybody to have eternal life. And we should want that same thing. And you know, I'm really glad that God didn't treat his enemies like we treat ours. Because I'm I'm reminded of Romans 5 and the fact that that yeah, while you think that person is so much worse than you are, there was a time, Christian, where you were God's enemy, where God saw you as the other side. He saw you as a sinner uh, that was that was going against the things uh, that he wanted to happen. And yet he still died for you. He still loved you. He still made a way for you to get right. And so I don't think we need to, I think we need to make sure we don't forget that when it comes to this uh, this whole election season, when it comes to arguing with people, when it comes to praying for people, like don't don't be like Jonah. Don't let the rest of the world who doesn't know God look more like Him 
than you do. If that if, if that's not what you want, then make sure you pray for and you love the people in your life that maybe without him, maybe you'd rather see burn. Let's be honest. There's some people I think you want to go to hell. Let's pray for them. Let's ask God for the love uh, to think differently about that. If you have any questions or comments, feel free. Amenben.com. Leave me a voice message. Send me an email. Do what you got to do. We're done with Jonah. We're going to continue on with Minor Prophets, Major Truth in the next episode. We love you. Have a great day.